Welcome to Solarpunk Futures, a podcast brought to you by Android Press and Solarpunk Magazine. A Solarpunk Futures brings you short stories, poetry, nonfiction, analysis, and discussion about envisioning and building a new world where humanity, technology, and nature coexist in harmony rather than in conflict. I'm Brie Castagnazzi, the co-host of Solarpunk Futures and co-editor-in-chief of Solarpunk Magazine. And I'm Justine Norton Curtin, also co-host and co-editor-in-chief of Solarpunk Magazine. Welcome to Solarpunk Futures. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this second episode of the Solar Punk Futures podcast. We're coming to you from Oregon and New York in the United States, and we sincerely hope that wherever you are in the world, you're doing well, staying healthy and safe, and finding ways to create a better world. Today on our episode, we're going to be reading and discussing a really fun solar punk short story called A Distant Hunk by author and solar punk magazine's assistant editor, Holly Schofield. Yes, and I can't wait for that. But first, we've got a Kickstarter campaign that'll be launching really soon. Isn't that right? It sure is. The campaign will kick off on the morning of October 1st, and it will run through the month. And before we get to the story, we should probably share a little bit about the campaign with everyone and some of the really cool perks we've got for our campaign backers. But first, let's talk about the magazine itself and why people would want to support it in the first place. Mm -hmm. Well, the biggest reason people should support Solarpunk magazine is because from fiction and poetry to nonfiction and art, um, this magazine is all about creating a better world. It's about diverse communities coming together with optimism and hope to creatively solve and adapt to global challenges. Um, In short, this is a magazine that's all about demanding utopia now. I'm definitely into that. I, I love dystopian stories as much as the next person. But let me tell you, after years of the division sown by the extremist right wing, growth of authoritarianism, almost two years of pandemic conditions, I mean, we're living in that dystopia and we're tired of it. Now, more than ever, we need optimism. We need hope. We need stories that make us shine. Visions of a better future to guide us here in the present towards that new and better world. For sure, that's right. Um, And that's just what Solarpunk Magazine is all about. But it's not just about that need for a cultural shift. It's also about our commitment to fantastic storytelling that's backed up by a list of amazing authors who've agreed to write stories for issues in our first year. With that commitment, you can be sure that every time you open an issue of Solarpunk Magazine, you'll be getting top-notch storytelling from the best sci-fi and fantasy authors in the industry. Well, who are some of those authors? Wow, okay. Um, So we've got quite a list. We have Nisi Shaw, Starhawk, AC Wise, Alaya Don Johnson, Margaret Kiljoy, Christine Ong Muslim, Serena Ulibari, Therese Mason Pierre, and Ellie Blue, just for starters. Wow, yeah, what a list. And, And that's not even all. 
Our nonfiction section is cooking up interviews with Kim Stanley Robinson, Yetsa DeVries, and essays and articles by well-known solar punk visionaries and theorists like Jay Springett. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for art, uh, we're not really ready yet to say much more at the moment, but you can be sure that Solar Punk Magazine, from cover to cover, uh, is going to be full of amazing futuristic visionary art to help guide us toward that new and better future. Yep, that sounds just spectacular, Brie. Yeah, it's going to be, that's for sure. Um, But it's not just about famous authors and artists, of course, it's about community building. Um, That's why all of our issues will also have space dedicated to stories and articles from our open public submissions process, uh, where folks out there in the community can submit their work to our editorial team for consideration. And that's a really important point, because solar punk is all about community and community building. Well, we, I mean, we can't wait to start diving into submissions from the community and see all the amazing, magical, high-tech futures that people create, as well as the really cool stuff people are doing today, here in the present, to prefigure a solar punk society and create a better world right now. In fact, our first public submissions window is going to open on November 1st, and it will be open for one or two weeks. We haven't quite decided exactly yet, uh, but November 1st is the date, and we're, we're really excited about it. Yeah, that's right. We really can't wait. So start writing and creating now so you don't miss that first submission window. Uh, We can't wait to see what you all send us. When, if your work is accepted for publication, you get paid. We are a pro-rate market as defined by the science fiction and fantasy writers of America. That means that for fiction, we pay eight cents per word with an $80 minimum, and we pay $40 per poem. We pay 75 bucks for nonfiction. And uh, for art, it all, you know, it all depends on whether it's a reprint or original and unpublished art, whether it's for cover art or interior art, but um, every, everything that we publish, the, the authors and the artists are definitely gonna get paid. Yeah, that's that's so important. You know, I, I really believe that part of building a solar punk future is recognizing the real labor exerted and the social value created by artists of all kinds. So I'm excited that we're going to be paying top rates. But you know, in order to make that a reality, we're going to need to build a community and bring in a lot of support. So Justine, with that in mind, why don't you tell us about this Kickstarter campaign and how it's going to get us there? Sure, I would love to. Uh, Well, like I said before, the campaign launches on October 1st. It's only four days away. Uh, So the really important first point is that folks need to head over to the pre-launch page and sign up to get an email notification the moment that the campaign goes live. We've got a lot of really spectacular perks lined up and a lot of them are limited. First come, first serve kind of thing. So you don't want to miss out on the campaign kickoff. Exactly. And you can get to that pre-launch page by heading to our website, solarpunkmagazine.com and clicking on the Kickstarter campaign pre-launch button. Um, It's really that quick and easy. And to make it even easier, we've also put the direct link to the pre-launch page in the description for this episode. That is quick and easy. So feel, feel free to head over there and take care of that now while you're listening to the rest of this episode, uh, because we really do need your support to help us build this community. Um, our goal is to do, you know, three or four works uh, in each category, fiction, poetry, nonfiction, arts um, per issue. So, you know, we're looking at costs of, I say at least $1,500 per issue, and that's just to pay the authors and the artists. Doesn't include paying taxes, Uh, any of our administrative costs like bookkeeping and submission software, advertising, all that stuff that help make 
a magazine successful. Um, all told, we're looking at probably at least $4,000 per issue that it will cost to produce the magazine. Um, and still, that doesn't even include paying any of us on the editorial team who so far are helping to build this magazine just as a, a labor of love because we all passionately believe in solar punk and the need for this kind of storytelling. Yeah, yeah. So our base initial goal for the campaign is $4,000, which is just enough to produce a first issue. Um, and then we have stretch goals that take us all the way to $25,000 and beyond. Uh, $25,000 being the very minimum we need to produce all six issues in our first year. I think we can hit $25,000. It sounds like a lot, but I think we can hit it. Oh, I know we can hit it. <laughs> Not only can we hit it, <laughs> but we're going to crash through and keep right on going. All right, that's what I want to hear. So what do we have lined up to entice folks to back the campaign? Well, I mean, aside from the stellar authors that we talked about, who you know, many of them as we speak are probably writing stories for the magazine. Um, but let me tell you, we have a lot. We've got signed books uh, from a lot of the authors that we've already mentioned, like Kim Stanley Robinson, Starhawk, Aliyah Don Johnson, Christine Ong Muslim, Serena Ulibari, Ellie Blue, Margaret Kiljoy, and you know, on and on. Um, we've got two live online world building workshops that we're going to be hosting uh, that will focus more specifically on utopian world building than a lot of the other workshops out there. And we've really cool got a meet and greet with acclaimed author Nisi Shaw. Uh, it'll be an hour meet and greet online uh, that will be available to up to five of our backers. Man, I, I wouldn't mind getting to be a part of that. I know, right? Me either. Yeah, so we have a lot of other perks too. We have opportunities to have your name written as a character into stories by AC Wise and Starhawk. Um, we have a swag bag with cool solar punk magazine stickers, a poster, a playlist, uh, and more. And not to mention opportunities to be a guest host with us here on the Solar Punk Futures podcast. Wow, you know, I might, I might buy that Starhawk story character myself i'm a big fan of starhawk um we'll see maybe that's not fair i don't know um but uh we also have uh more stuff i mean we've got we've got a few writers retreats actually uh in beautiful rural oregon um where you'll be able to stay i mean really just like 50 feet from a river out in the country um there's two lakes and tons of hiking that are with only like a mile or two of the spot um, also, for the writers in the crowd, we have speculative story critiques by members of our professional editorial team. We've got art prints by the artists, uh, backer recognition and magazine issues. I mean, we could go on and on. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, we, we really could. But just to mention one more thing, we'll also have issues one and two available for smaller dollar backers. And annual subscriptions for only 25 bucks which is a 15 percent discount off our standard individual issue price nice that's a that's a good deal not only that um, but every backer at that 25 dollar annual subscription level or higher uh, is going to get a really cool digital gift basket that includes uh, a packet of short stories written by members of our editorial team uh, it includes uh, two speculative fiction ebooks uh, a solar punk playlist your name in the thank you section of the magazine and a time-lapse video of the production of uh, one of our cover art pieces that is actually produced by uh, I breathe here.
Yep, it sure is. <laughs> and wow, you, you really weren't kidding when you said there was a lot. Yeah, there there's a lot. Uh, there's, there's, there's plenty to go around, but like we said, a lot of it is limited and so probably won't last long. But we, you know, we're not going to keep naming stuff because uh, it's time to move on. Um, and I think that, you know, that's plenty to give people an idea of all, all the great stuff that's going to be available. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so don't forget to head to our website, solarpunkmagazine.com. Hit the Kickstarter pre-launch page button and sign up to get notified the moment our Kickstarter campaign goes live on the morning of October 1st. You don't want to miss out. Uh, we don't want you to miss out. We want you to be an active part of building this community with us. That's right. So join us and let's build a solar punk future together. Yes, let's do it. Okay, uh, well, now I think you have a story to read for us, right, Justine? Yeah, that's right, Bree. Uh, this story is called A Distant Honk. Um, it was written by Holly Schofield of British Columbia, Canada. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read that, and then uh, you know, please be sure to stay tuned after the story. Uh, and Bree and I will have a short discussion on the story, and then we'll wrap up and we'll say goodbye. A Distant Honk by Holly Schofield, originally published in Unlikely Stories, Colrophobia Anthology, 2016. The footprints were as big as my snowshoe, the narrow heel a crisp outline the impression not more than a couple of hours old. The tracks beelined from the forest edge right through my campsite, growing more erratic as they disappeared on the far side between dark spruce trees hunched under winter burdens. I shuddered, picturing the clown stumbling through last night's snowy darkness, hands flapping in the cold, grinning fiercely, a low hoot escaping from winter roughened lips. With my heavy down sleeping bag pulled over my head, I hadn't heard a sound, relying on the campfire to keep away predators. I plodded over to where the tracks entered the clearing, slush sticking to my snowshoes. The sun had risen above the mountaintops, warm for February, warmer than all previous weather records. A clump of coarse orange hair clung to a hemlock twig, sodden with mud. The email from the game warden had been accurate, 
the clowns had left hibernation early, the earliest yet. The unusually high temperatures triggering abnormal metabolic changes. The troops' cave would be much farther up the mountain. I pictured melting ice dripping off the cave ceiling, streaking their grease paint as they lay curled around one another like rats in a nest. With blank expressions and creaking joints, they'd unfold themselves, straighten their faded blouses on their too lean frames, and honk softly. Then they'd burst forth from the cave, one after another, after another, after another, after another, bewildered by the bright sunshine, wanting to sate their terrible hunger. What could one biologist do? I'd soon finish my dissertation on the wild clown's shrinking range, but there could be no future in chorology. Since my study had begun, frown lines had etched an oval around my mouth. At my campsite, I methodically stuffed a day pack for the trip up the mountains. The rest of the gear and food went into my larger backpack. I hefted it, looking for a suitable branch to suspend it from, to keep it safe until I returned. A small bag tumbled out, yellow kernels gleaming beneath plastic packaging. My reserve food, my comfort food. I picked up the bag slowly. I laid the last of the logs on the remnants of yesterday's fire, although I'd return tired and cold tonight, and fed in scraps of wood until flames fingered up. The last of the butter coated the cooking pot and softened the clinking sound the kernels made as they bounced. A puff of acrid smoke crept out from beneath the lid and I shook the pan harder. I should have waited for coals, but then patience is not one of humankind's virtues. Walking in snowshoes takes practice and constant attention to detail. I managed to drink from my water bottle without stopping, juggling the container from hand to hand as I brushed aside wet branches and forged on upwards, inserting my feet into the softening footprints. My dissertation advisor was convinced that wild clowns would be extinct by 2030. She wanted me to change to cockroach studies and offered to line up space station projects. Her voice rang in my head, drowning out the muttering birds and creaking branches. You can't base a career on a dying species. Don't back a loser. Get out while you can. I grew warm, opening the ear flaps on my fur-lined hat, letting the breeze flip them up. As I hiked, hemlock gave way to spruce, which then shrank in stature, but not in age. Did a hundred-year-old tree have more wisdom than a sapling? I hoped so. I hoped humankind was gaining more than bare knowledge as it slaughtered thousands of species and chased thousands of others into unsuitable environments. Wild clowns had their own niche in the ecosystem and every right to perform as nature intended, every right to hibernate, arise, and eat their fill. Suddenly chilled, I drew my ear flaps close again. The increasingly slushy tracks zigzagged through the undergrowth always uphill. Sometimes a slip of the foot made my snowshoes clang together like a bell. Once, a rabbit dashed in front of me, and I windmilled my arms, barely keeping balance on the steep slope. The hike gave me a chance to think, to ruminate on the crazy swirling globe we call home. 
I watched clouds skidding across the sky and pictured the world's animals and people as if we were all under one gigantic blue canvas roof. It didn't matter if climate change was man-made or not. Clowns would soon parade out of the tent behind woolly mammoths and dodo birds. My future children would only ever see clowns in captivity. I threw a softball straight up and caught it. At this moment, caught in time until the terrain leveled. I could pretend it wasn't so. The afternoon wind slapped my face as I entered the high meadow. Tracks of varying size and depth crisscrossed the snowy expanse. A curving, wide-mouthed cave entrance slashed through the rock face beyond. Drying sweat made me shiver. A raven honked. I jumped and then made myself turn a deliberate circle, my overlapping tracks creating a daisy pattern in the snow. No wide white teeth gleamed. No broad half-moon eyes stared at me from the dim forest. The troop should be far away, hunting until dawn. The wind increased. I took a quick population estimate from the tracks, not even measuring out a plot, anxious to get back before dark. That distinctive smell, a mixture of musk, decaying rubber, and decomposing sawdust, billowed out of the low cave. At the dirt-littered entrance, I awkwardly knelt in my bulky parka and snowshoes, then hesitated. I could stick my head in, but why take the risk? The clowns would need me in one piece if I was to be their spokesperson. From far up the mountain, a distant hoot sounded, low and long, silencing the chatter of the birds. I pulled the filled baggie from my day pack and gently shook it out on a rock by the entrance. As I headed back downhill, I glanced back at the mound of popcorn, unsure if it was a placation, a gift, or an admission of guilt. Wow, what a great story. Yeah, Holly really is a talented author, huh? Yeah, I love how she uses clowns as a metaphor to represent endangered species like bears or wolves. Um, it, it's just a really creative way to illustrate the rather warped lens through which our Western culture views the natural world. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I mean, we have this sort of, at least Western cultural conception of nature as something that's you know, mysterious and unknowable, uh, and a lot of times more than a little bit scary. Uh, so it's, you know, it's something that we uh, were taught really to, to keep separate from ourselves. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we've spent centuries as a species separating ourselves from nature. Um, in fact, everything that, you know, Western culture and society deems to be progress, I mean, it's generally all things that are about putting up a shield between us and nature. Um, we see nature as something we need to be protected from. Yeah, but that paradigm really isn't working. I mean, look at where it's gotten us, right? We don't cooperate with nature, you know, at least in the West, again, uh, you know, we don't cooperate with nature. We don't live as part of nature and we dominate it. We destroy it. And now look, you know, nature is pushing back. 
Yeah, I mean, it really seems to be. I mean, you know, we see it in, in the hurricanes and the floods, um, the massive wildfires and droughts, all of which seem to be getting worse every year. We, we need to start adopting a new viewpoint, which is really, you know, actually an old viewpoint that has been integral to indigenous cultures back into antiquity and beyond. Uh, that is, we need to realize that nature is not separate from us. Um, it's not odd or different, and it, it doesn't have malicious intent. And we're part of nature, right? It's, it's part of us. Uh, humans are animals, just like primates are animals, just like bees and fish and birds. And you know, coming to this understanding, I think, is a, a vital part of solar punk. It's, it's a necessary piece of that puzzle of building a better world, because uh, when we stop competing with each other, with nature and with other species, only then can we really begin to cooperate and work together to create that better future. Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, on that note, we're unfortunately out of time, uh, but we want to thank everyone for joining us for the second episode of Solar Punk Futures. Thanks again to Holly Schofield for granting us the non-exclusive audio rights to that wonderful story, A Distant Honk. Uh, we really enjoyed hanging out and chatting today, and we hope you enjoyed the episode as well. Yes, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Um, on October 11th, we'll air our third episode. Uh, and until then, don't forget to head to our website, hit the Kickstarter button, sign up for notifications, or just hit the link that's right there in this episode description. We launch on October 1st, and we want to see you there with us. Let's build a solar punk future together. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>